Okay, welcome to Tuesday's podcast, um, Next Step Podcast. This is the citywide podcast where we talk about the sermon from the past Sunday. So welcome along this week. Uh, we had some nice feedback last week. We might talk about that once we get started. But just as we begin, uh, we acknowledge and pay our respects to the first Tasmanian peoples as trusted, trust traditional owners and custodians of the land we walk on. And we also pay respect to elders past, present and emerging and for their care for country, land and sea over the past thousands of generations. Now, with us today, there's a happy four here. We're all thinking it looks a bit too much like the Brady Bunch, but um, we'd need a few more for that. So it's not quite. So we've got Matt Garvin, who the senior pastor for Citywide, who didn't deliver this sermon. Matt, is it nice to have a week off? It really is. Really appreciating John jumping in. We can ask you how you use that extra time later. Uh, <laughs> Nick, good to have you all the way from down there. Where, where are you? Near Austin, I'm down from Rose Sands. Ferry, other, isn't it? From other Sands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So nice to have yeah. you with us again. And Jan Norton, one of one of our long-term church members, I would say, and helps a lot in the office. So Jan, nice to have you here with us. All the way from Howrah, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> something like no, that. No, Tranmere. Tran no, I tried to work out. Okay, Howrah. I tried to work out where the bound, boundary is between Tranmere and Howrah, and people are disputing where that boundary is. <laughs> okay, well, we'll jump in. We, John um, gave the sermon last week uh, on Sunday, and he started talking about hope. And I thought, well, let's start talking about. Well, he talked about Christmas being an interesting time of year for hope. Um, and I want to start talking about superficial happy Christmases. And uh, I wanted to ask you guys, what's what are some of the most cliche superficial Christmas things that you can think of? The floor is yours. Hmm. Well, I, I know as a kid it caused me all kinds of problems that I thought that Christmas was going to be the time where all my dreams and aspirations were fulfilled under a Christmas tree. And uh, for several years, uh, between the ages of six and I think 11 or 10 or whatever, I, I would often end up in tears because I didn't get the, the Grey Nichols cricket bat or a yacht uh, or the computer. You know, I, want, I can't, can't remember exactly what it was. But uh, there, there, is, <laughs> there was this this picture that Christmas is the time you get the perfect present, mm. uh, and uh, and and uh, I was often a bit disappointed about that personally. You weren't Different. overreaching by any chance, were you? <laughs> no, no, because Christmas is the time when you're meant to get the perfect presents. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, let's, uh, let's go for a few more. Oh, sorry, Matt. You no, know, I'll stop. That was deeply. Let's, let's go for a few more. More Christmas movies we were talking about just before. Can yeah. you guys reel off some Christmas movies that give off this? Oh, for me, it's cringy, but for some people, it's nice. Christmas movie feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I love Christmas movies. They are the, there is like this hopefulness about them. I don't know what it is. I think it's because they're just completely unrealistic, and they're everything that we hope things would be. So they've always got some sort of major drama in them, but. Mum and I were watching the Santa Claus the other night. It came on TV and I was like, I haven't watched this in years, but we still enjoy them for some reason. They've got something about them that just makes you want to keep watching. <laughs> for you, right, yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's obviously not just me because there's so many out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
You are. Right. You must be you the minority, right. Dan. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Any, any other Christmas movies? So we've had. Um, like, uh, sorry, before. I can't help you at all. It's not my medium. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ignorance. I did so grow after, up with the Miracle Christmas. on 34th Street. That was a really oh. beautiful Christmas movie. Of twitching. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm all about the classics. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's great. And like, if my wife was here, she would be backing you up all the way and looking with, <laughs> looking at me with disdain about some of the attitudes I have towards Christmas movies. And as I was saying before, it does feel like Hallmark have made have got a, they created their own whole genre uh, where they release five movies every year that are all based on the same script of somebody who doesn't believe in Christmas falling in love with someone who does and and a kid just wishing that their parents, would, you know, would find happiness and then all of a sudden someone gets married and everything's happily ever after. So it's a, you know, not a complicated script, but it seems to work at this time of year. <laughs> and uh, and uh, even there was a Marvel Christmas special that was released a couple of days ago from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. So, <laughs> the, so there you go. I mean, the classic one was the Star Wars uh, Christmas special back in the 70s when people have been arguing over whether it's actually part of the Star Wars lore or not. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Because in this sermon we're talking about hope um, and it was really interesting. I'd like to read you just a couple of, well, no, I don't have it here, but John started talking about how um, Christmas often conjures up these feelings of hope and happiness and where your house is getting on like a house on fire, everyone's really loving being together. Um, they're, you know, the perfect gifts. Uh, but often Christmas is quite a distance away from that fantasy. Yeah. Uh, that just um it's also true that there's uh, for a lot of families christmas can be the time when family disputes come up most readily uh when it's really when you'll have forced gatherings and it's not that happy family time but it is a family time <laughs> nonetheless there's um yeah this, this thing matt you're a good introduction about the perfect gift and it just doesn't come through <laughs> I, I know for for me one year our Christmas presents, we got a beach towel each for Christmas and that was it. And that was pretty hard, hard to swallow. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. And so we're talking about hope and what gives people hope. So especially coming up to Advent and, and Christmas time, Christmas is one of the times we're supposed to feel hope. Do you guys want to contribute anything to that? I do. Know, I know statistically that, this is the time of year where families experience the most stress and, and, and it's often post-Christmas that divorces happen because parents have tried to hold it together or people have tried to hold it together to the Christmas season and then the, the pressure builds to a point where it just is, is untenable. Mm. And the financial strain that comes with Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I grew up in an era post-depression where there were no extras and no big expectations and no extravagance in that sense. I mean, we would decorate with homemade streamers and I don't even remember having tinsel per se. It was all whatever we made. So it was much simpler and uncomplicated and 
it didn't have big expectations in that sense. It was happy and it was loving and it was, yeah, yeah it was exciting in, it, in, in what it was. So the way it is today, of course, and the big push for happy families and all the rest of it is a huge difference. Mm. So I've not really bought into the, I suppose always, even through with my own children and, and growing up and even now I put my boundaries in as to what I want to buy into and what I don't. And mm -hmm. uh, I've never felt the pressure of matching the next door neighbours or whatever. Yeah. So I'm very boring, sorry, <laughs> when it comes to where that goes. Yeah. yeah. I, think I suppose the level of hope was never really grown in that expectation. Yeah. But I think that's really beautiful, Jan, because that's sort of where my family's headed now. Like I've, I've grown up celebrating Christmas in a fairly harmonious family every year. We always had lovely Christmas gatherings and look forward yeah. to being together. Yeah. And yeah. as I grew older, it was a bit of a shock to realise that wasn't everyone's experience of Christmas. Um, I mean, we were talking about movies and the movies depicted as being that, and that was my experience growing up. Yeah. Uh, but I now have friends that spend Christmas with my family because they don't have family or they don't have a harmonious environment to be a part of. And it is a time where being alone seems to strike people a lot more to the core than any other time of year, I think, because there's an emphasis on being together. So if you don't have a together to be a part of, mm -hmm. um, it, it just resonates a lot deeper with people. So mm -hmm. I think the simplicity in it is something that's really beautiful. It becomes what it should be rather than what we've made made it in a commercial sense about streamers and about the the glitter and the glam and the presence it's it's at its core is not necessarily what it's all about so i think stripping it back to something that is just simple and beautiful is i think yeah kind of special and that's what our family's doing now that we're all grown there's not, not really any kids in the mix at the moment so we have we've stripped it back we've stopped doing expensive gifts and we're just doing like a simple gift and a Chris Kringle style thing where everyone can just have fun together rather than have the pressure of the finances and the big presence and that sort of thing. And it's it's becoming something kind of special, which is which is nice for this season. Mm. I, I do. I love it. And there is something, I think there's something about, about Christmas that there is a there's C.S. Lewis says that if there's part of you that longs for something you can't find on earth, that may tell you something about you know where your real home is, and and I think there is something of that longing that we that comes out at Christmas time where people kind of want peace on earth, they want harmony, they want they want to be seen and valued, they want real community, they want real family, and there's a longing that comes out, and that's why it's so painful because. Because you get slapped around by the card hold, card hold, the hard cold um, reality of what life is, and that's why I think it's a bit more painful for people because there is a part of us that just longs for that what the, the story of Christmas tells us, and, and and I think that's right. Like I think there's that's our spirits that want that. We want. We want community. We want fellowship. We want to be seen. We want to. We want, you know, peace. We want all that stuff. Mm. But, but this side of eternity, in a in a broken and confused and selfish world, 
we don't get it. Yeah, and Christmas and might the, be a time. And the media, such force, oh, sorry, the media go, such force today too. You know, I mean, it's just pure commercialism pushed yeah. down your throat in every direction. Oh. Yeah. yeah, which adds. And the they pressure. do that. They do that because it works. You see, it's not yeah. advertising because we come in on it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, but that's the, the the secret of marketing and advertising is they they have to pitch to a deep human need and they have to then attach that to a product. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, if they can attach these deep longings to a can of Coke, then they make a lot of money. Uh, and and because it's deep and it's beyond our cognition, it's it's our spirit set. That that's why it's so dangerous because you can yeah. you can actually manipulate people's behaviour because this stuff is deep in us. Mm. Um, it's interesting you mentioned Coke because that goes along with Christmas, doesn't it? <laughs> so, but but yeah. it's true. Every every Coke ad that I've seen lately is really focusing on friends together and camaraderie, good camaraderie. And, and then, and then before that, long time ago, they actually tapped into Christmas and they associated Coke with Christmas. Which, yeah, there's a very strong campaign. Um, what was that back in the seventies? And yeah, or well, even before that, it was yeah. the reason Santa is consistently red and white. Yeah, is yeah. sadly from because Coca Cola colours are red and white. Before before the before those campaigns, Santa would often be green and white and red. Or, green. but the reason Santa wears a red and white is because that is the Coca Cola colours. Yeah, yeah. You, do, you can go and research that on the internet. There's loads about that. Oh, well, I want to get back to hope here. So it's interesting so, um, that, that the marketing conversation is pretty appropriate. It, it asks us to put our hope in something. And that something is yeah. something here on earth that probably won't last, that is a momentary or a you know short-term thing. When actually, if you strip it right back, the whole point of giving a gift is to show love yeah. rather than receiving. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk a bit about, John mentioned two kinds of hope. One is the hope in circumstances and things going the way you want them to go and uh, hoping yeah. for something. But he also talked about, what what does it mean to have hope in Jesus and what's the difference between the two? So before we get into that discussion, Jan, I might ask you to comment in a minute, but before that, I, Nick, are you happy to read through? We read through Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 to 10. Sure. So here it is, Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through to 10. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. He will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash at his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed the bear, feed with the bear 
Their young will lie down together and the lion eats straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the people. The nations will rally to him and his resting place will be glorious. Yeah. So interesting passage. Jane, do you want to, are you okay to comment? What's the, what's the difference between this hope that we talk about that's associated with Christmas and presents and good families and stuff compared to a hope in Jesus? Well, really, the, it's it's the underlying thing on which you're basing life, isn't it? I mean, if we're just hoping in things and materialism and our wish list or whatever, then that is just that. It's, it's just a hope that emanates with what I want and what I'm about and what pleases me. Whereas hope in Jesus is is more about yeah what He offers and what we can uh, wait for patiently, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But it, but it's also yeah the hope in Him, but the knowledge that He's there and He always comes through anyway, and and His timing is always right. is is a beautiful place to rest um, yeah. because you can just trust Him, knowing that He's there, always there, always will be there. So there is no wishy-washy, maybe, maybe not, in that sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah nice, Jane. So, yeah, Matt, have you got anything else to throw into that topic? I think that's. It. I think it was, I found helpful. John talked about our normal kind of hope is hope that our circumstances will change, like. Hope that I'll finally get that Gray Nichols cricket bat that was going to change my life, uh, or the twin, twin whatever, scoop, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, power dot actually, but that, that you know, um, uh, and um, John said, no, our, our the biblical hope is based in two things: the knowledge that Jesus will be with us in our circumstances. And also this sure knowledge because of what happened on the cross that the future is going to be fantastic. Like there is a future we look forward to where the lion will lie down with the lamb, where where the whole world will be at harmony. And you see both those kind of hopes coming out uh, in that passage from Isaiah that, that there's this double-edged thing, which again, it's a bit of a theme. I don't know. It's almost like... You know, the Holy Spirit's been superintending the last few weeks of our church, but it feels like there's this bit of a theme sort of emerging about hanging on in the tough times and where, you, you know, where your hope is and, and that kind of thing. As we've been looking at Psalms and now coming into the Christmas season, it's just, it feels like there's this similar kind of theme that God won't necessarily save you from difficult circumstances. In fact, Paul says we should re- rejoice in difficult circumstances because that's the stuff that helps you find Jesus, which, you know, and again, to quote Pete Clark, as we mentioned, I think I'll, I'll always be quoting Pete uh, when he said, I'd rather be in a valley, in the valley of shadow of death with Jesus than anywhere else without him. Um, and, and that's 
kind of the heart of Christian hope. It's this knowledge that Jesus can be with us in the darkness, but there's also this promise of light in the future, which is, is part of it as well. Mm. Yeah. I resonated, Matt, with like your your childhood dream of the cricket bat. I was that kid who wanted a pony every year. <laughs> and eventually we actually ended up with one, which was pretty cool. But like even a cricket bat and a pony, they wear out over time. The The glamour and the, I guess, the ideal that we build around that item and what life will be like having it. Um, never really lives up to our expectations. But something that struck me is that when we do place our hope in Jesus, he doesn't wear out. He's been around a lot longer than a pony or a cricket bat and he's still not worn out. So um, it's something that's enduring. And I think that's what we're all looking for because once our our item or our, our worldly hope wears out, we're always moving on to the next thing and hoping for the next thing. And it always disappoints eventually. Um, but I think that's the precious thing about our hope being in Jesus is that it, it's not going to wear out. There's always something radical and new and different that he teaches us and that he can walk us through. And there's something really precious in that. And I think it's at the core of what we're all actually searching for. I think what you're naming there is really important. Uh, and it's a lie we that the, the whole marketing machine of the world wants you to not think about even though we all know it's true that that this thing they promised is going to change your life no thing has ever actually changed your life and and they actually can market like they, they can measure an economic like they, they reckon a new fridge gives you like i study this in marketing that they like you can get up to two weeks worth of nice feelings from it uh, like a new car, you can get a certain, you can get different. And, and if you get, if it's your second new fridge, then it's less new, nice feelings. But, but, but ultimately, no matter what it is, even a husband or a wife, you now that's, that's a bit, can, for some people, sound a bit heretical. Uh, but, but there is, because some people base all their whole future and self esteem on the, getting a relationship or, you know, getting a house or getting whatever it is. Whatever that is, isn't going to fix your whole life for you. You know, is, is part of that, and that, and that is the idol. We 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 live in an idolatrous culture that keeps promising. Get this, whatever it is, and we and and you know, in every block of six ads on TV, there are six different things they're telling you that it is. And the truth is, and we know it, but the truth is none of those things actually ever produce lasting change in our lives. We might get some nice feelings from them every now and then, like, you know, or and 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 I'm not saying that your potential partner is a product, but <laughs> but, but but if they become an idol where you think they're gonna somehow fix your whole, then that becomes a problem. And so like I and I and and this is where it's so, so tough when you have got little kids who just think their whole world is going to be if they get the pony, you know that's that's going to fix everything. I I feel so I look back and I feel really sorry for my parents because I first it was a grain equals cricket bat, then it was a yacht. I really <laughs> wanted a, a yacht, and and um and my dad found a little sailing dinghy in a, in a garage sale. Um, and 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 it was the best they could do, and I was really excited to take it out sailing. <laughs> it was made of plywood, 
uh, and we discovered halfway out into the river that the plywood was a bit rotten. So it was, uh, it, it sort of sank, and it was a <laughs> one of those moments. But, but, but like, even if it, even if it was a perfect yacht, uh, you know, the the value eventually wears off, and so the, the, the circumstances can't change enough to fix the chaos of your inner world. This is where I really like the quote from your uncle, Matt. Um, he, he says, the second best day of your life is the day you buy a yacht, but the best day is when you sell it again. That's right. I think he's right. And so I think, I think for me, the, um, he, he works in commercial boat selling or did, <laughs> so he would know. Yeah. Uh, but um, for me, this, this thing of... Um, no matter what I'm going through, there is this deep longing that I don't want to be alone and isolated. I don't mm. want to be fighting it on my own. One of our current biggest battles that we have in society is isolation in the Western world. Um, and the thing for me is that because I have Christ, um, as long as I keep connecting with him and remembering that, I, I am not alone. He's promised to be with me always, and he is. Um, this is where, I, gee, I wish I could actually bring this out in and prove it scientifically to you, but there's a deep heart knowing. I, mm. I know that I am okay and that I'm loved by Christ um, mm. and, and that, I, that I can rest in that place. And so no matter what I have or haven't got or whatever circumstances, um, I'm okay because yeah. I'm not alone. I'm with God. I'm in his love. That's a big, that's a big piece of hope. And the best part of that hope is it isn't dependent on circumstances. Jesus has already done everything he needed to do. So it, it is all done. The path of reconciliation between me and God has been made. Um, and there's nothing that can take that away. That's, that's something Christ has done. And I think that's the contrast of these two hopes is I can hope for that perfect yacht or the house that's going to make everything easy or the, yeah, I think you're right about husbands and wives, spouses, things. This, that's an idolatry too if, if we take it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but to, to put my hope in Christ is a whole different mm. game. Yeah. It's from a different place. It's, it's an awareness within your of spiritual awareness. And if you haven't got that, then all you have got, of course, is physical, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I think John says, for Christians, hope is a future certainty grounded in a present reality. Like if if you don't have what you're talking about there, Dan, the, the, the deep sense that Jesus is with you now, and, and look, I don't know, you might be different to me, but sometimes I need to get reminded of that. Sometimes I... I lose sight of that, and and but there are clearly times in my life where I can just I I know deeply that Jesus has me no matter what the circumstances are, and then that hel helps me trust that the future reality isn't necessarily shaped and defined completely by whatever circumstances I'm going through right now. I like how he put that. It sort of aligns, yeah. it sort of aligns with you know. Paul's thing about being content in whatever circumstance. Mm -hmm. so that's not a, a yardstick. That's, that's not the balance line. The balance line is knowing beyond that, that the hope we have in Jesus. Yeah. yeah. 
And I, I imagine, yeah, uh, I um, it, it's interesting as you as you're talking about uh, um, having this hope in Christ. I, I feel like ha, ah, and then. But as soon as you mention, sorry, prompted a thought. Imagine if I had to find my own happiness or my own joy without Christ, and I just get this like heaviness of oh, I don't want to be just chasing around. It's if you want to read about that stuff in the Bible, the book of Ecclesiastes is fantastic, Hmm. where Solomon just chases after everything. He chases after money, fame, wisdom, women, and everything leaves him feeling empty. Um, but he puts his hope in all these different things. And then at the end of the book, it's a short book, so you can read it in just like 40 minutes or something. But at the end, he says, look, the only thing that lasts is is living with God, it's, it's loving God. And it's very similar to Paul, like you just said, Jan, as well. We're coming back again. Like it just, And you can see this is how marketing works because this, like you're saying, this is so deep in us. And for and, and without God, then you do have to find your own happiness. You need to do have to find your own plan, and that's where advertising executives helpfully come in and say, "We can help you with that. If you just buy this can of Coke, then you're gonna be fine." Or if You'll you have know friends. whatever, <laughs> and and we know, like rationally, we know it, it's not true. We know that if we get that car, all of a sudden. You know, we haven't now found deep meaning and purpose. Uh, and, and no matter what it is, like uh, it was Paul McCartney is, is quoted as saying, I'm glad we got rich so young so that I didn't spend my life to discover that money doesn't buy you happiness. Like, yeah. like that, that, that you, don't, you don't find meaning in the places the advertising executives tell you that you find them. And, and actually, what we've got to watch is sometimes in the Christian community, we can say we find it the wrong things too. Like somehow we, we in the Christian community say, can say, like, if you're not married with two kids, then there's something wrong with you and you're not, you know, that's that's a straight out lie from the pit of hell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, 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 the, and the Christian church can perpetuate wrong idols, like, which so we've, got to, we've got to watch that amongst us that so we don't. Because mm-hmm. what John was saying is that if if your hope's not in Jesus, then it's not, it's just not in the right stuff. There's all kinds of people around you who want to tell you what you, what you should be hoping in. Stop riveting on. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think I think we're we're coming close to the finish. I'd like to give John the last word, but before I do that, is there anything you guys wanted to comment from last sermon? It feels like it caps off what we've been talking about for a while as we lead into this new series and leading like yeah. this is a, this is the pointy end of Christian faith, isn't it? And it, and it, it encapsulates the, the psalms beautifully in that sense that you know, yet I will praise the Lord and and, yeah. and I will choose to praise Him, and it, it all yeah weaves into the same thing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, great. Well, I'm going to let John have the last word. Um, I liked the last point he made in his sermon. He said, if God is our security, then we can do crazy things. Let me say that again, and there's a bit after it to explain it. 
if God is our security, we can do crazy things like loving our enemies, being generous with our money, having a sense of peace when life throws curveballs. Yeah. So with God as our security, we can do crazy things. So, I mean, inviting you to do crazy things this this, this week, this season, but be careful which crazy things you pick. <laughs> but but things like what Jesus teaches of love your enemies, bless those who persecute, really invest in your family um, in those relationships, but put your hope in Christ. Mm. So, John, you're not with us now, but thank you very much for the, all the time you put into this sermon. And um, yeah. it w- we'd encourage our listeners to go back and listen. Um, Nick and I were saying what a beautiful voice John has and a way of delivery. <laughs> yeah, you can listen to that most of the day. So, yeah, but we'd encourage yeah, you to I, I, think I, I, I was working on my, you know, emotional world when I saw this, be- this comment come up about, so what a wonderful sermon and so well delivered. And that person never said that about me before, so that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) You need to get some English speaking lessons from John Mack, get the the English accent happening. (laughs) Yeah, Matt, show us your fake English. Come on. (laughs) We'll leave it there. And it's also, he also has an edge of um, dramatics in his presentation, too, which is quite. Quite good, yeah. yeah dramatics, mighty, mighty fine looks. He's got it all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the perfect wife. <laughs> so, yeah. so now people, now you can do talking about. So thanks for joining us for this podcast, uh, and we'll catch up with you soon. Write some comments down below if you want to. Thanks. We'd love to. Yeah.